Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Where you are right now, let's just lift our hand. Bless the name of it. Just tell him how good he is, how great he is, and how much you love him. Do you love him here yeah, this morning? I can't hear you. Do you love the Lord here yeah, this morning? love you Lord this morning we give you the praise and give you the glory we thank you Lord because we are in the house of the Lord again praise the Lord and hear the word of God and Lord we just thank you we love you Lord we give you all the praise and glory as always Lord we know that the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple so let that light shine in our hearts this morning and bring understanding into our lives Jesus name and everybody says amen. amen put your hands together for the Lord Jesus hallelujah amen you may be seated thank you praise team you may be seated awesome praise and worship this morning I am going to get right to it because I have a lot to cover and good morning first of all how's everyone doing this morning you all doing all right oh, praise God good to see you Prince <laughs> all right good to see you Praise God. How's everyone doing? You all doing all right? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. So, we've been uh, doing the pillars of wisdom. I got two more to go today. It's pillar number six. Next week, pillar number seven. And we'll wrap it up. But after I'm done with all of those pillars, I'm going to do one more lesson on all of the pillars together. To be quick and I'll pack it into one hour just to go over everything. But today, I'm going to go over, today I'm going to be doing uh, discretion. That's what I'm doing today. But before I do discretion, we didn't get a chance to do a review on the last pillar that I did, which is one of my favorites, actually. How many people remember the one we did last time? Anybody? It's been several weeks since we did that. So, yes, Sister Alice. Understanding. Well, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Understanding is one of my favorite of the pillars because it also has to do with insight. And insight has three parts. You know? There is, you know, hindsight, <laughs> there is insight, and there is foresight. You know, so uh, understanding is so powerful. How many of you know my favorite scripture on understanding? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Sister Pearl. <laughs> Yeah, what's my favorite scripture on understanding? Huh? Somebody is speaking over here. I want to hear from Pearl. Uh, Pearl, do you have it? Are you sure you have it? Well, she doesn't have it. Tubi, you have it? Uh, come on, folks. Uh, you're making me a bad teacher. Either I'm a bad teacher or you all are bad students. <laughs> Anybody know it, Sister Alice? You know it? The one I said before I started, where's Sister Veronica? Sister Veronica, I know she knows it. Sister Veronica, where are you? Uh, she's hiding. <laughs> my all-time, let me look over here. Eh? Ike, what's my favorite scripture on understanding? Eh? Eh? All of you. Oh, come on. All right. My favorite all-time scripture on understanding is in Job chapter 32 and verse 8. Anybody know what he says? All right. Well, thank you for putting it up. This is my favorite all-time scripture in the subject, I mean, on the subject of understanding. This is it right here. There is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. If you can understand the depth of this thing, you will have miracle after miracle Victory after victory. And sometimes the thing that you guys call sometimes gut check, <laughs> when you say something to me, it's not something. It's the inspiration of the Almighty. Hallelujah. You know, so don't say something again. You know, just know that it is the inspiration of the Almighty inside you. It gives you understanding. And sometimes even while you're sleeping, inspiration of the Almighty will write something in your spirit. 
When you wake up, you have this great idea. <laughs> don't know where the idea came from. Inspiration of the Almighty. Don't you ever forget it. I gave you some laws last time. I'm doing a quick review before I go to discretion. You know, I gave you, you know, the, the law of today and tomorrow when I was talking about foresight. Anybody remember that? No. Foresight. Well, we talked about hindsight, you know. People gain insight from the past. You gain insight from the past. That's hindsight. In other words, you know, today you look back on something that happened before and you can gain insight from that. That's actually hindsight. Now, insight is just what I said. I said you will never be better than you were yesterday if you fail to move forward beyond your past. Whether the past was filled with failure or success. Doesn't really matter. You know, if it was disappointment, you have to learn from it and move forward. If it was failure, you can't rest on your oars. You have to, I mean, if it was success, you can't rest on your oars. You still have to move forward. So you never will really be better today, you know, than you were yesterday if you don't move beyond your past. How many of you say praise the Lord? You have to move beyond your past. And I also said that you are not defined by your past. God doesn't look at you with your past. God's dealing with you now. Right now. Hallelujah. So even if the past had some disappointments, failures, all that kind of thing. I also said, look, don't look at it as failure. Look at it as you have learned how it doesn't work. Amen. So I don't, I don't fail in anything. You know, because, you know, failure is negative. I don't want any part of that. You know, so I'll say, well, I figured out that it doesn't work do it that way. You know, so I figured that out. I talked about foresight, and I said, look, the future that you see today is where you will be tomorrow. In other words, you know, you, you have to be in that future already. I mean, you have to see it. You know, you can't, you know, that's why people go to school. When you go, you young people who are going to school, they say, you know, career, you know, and all that choice and so on and so forth. I mean, people say, look, I want to be this. I want to be that. You know, you're seeing that future even before you get there. You know, some people call it dream. Some people call it vision. Some people call it aspiration. Some people call it whatever, you know. And I gave you a scripture, you know, for that where God was talking to Genesis, in Genesis 13, 14 and 15. He was talking to Abraham. And he said, from the place where you are, look out. In front of you, every side, behind you. 360, you know. And everything that you can see. As far as your eye can see, whether it's northward, southward, eastward, or whatever, as far as your eye can see, that's what I'm going to give you. But if you don't see it, you're not going to get it. You know, so you got to see it. And to see it means, you know, you know that there's always a better tomorrow. Hallelujah. So the choices you make today, you know, might help you to shape tomorrow. You know, but, you know, nonetheless, can't live in the past. So I talked about also get your hand off that rewind button and move forward. We're always, we're always living in the past. You know, and uh, if you've already done, if you ever done anything wrong, you know, sometimes the religious folks will not let you get there at the end of that. You know, they want to keep you down in that thing forever. You know, that's not how God works. Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How many of you say amen? Well, but you have to repent. You know, so you repent. You repent means 360. You know, you turn around. So you give up that and you go in the direction of right living with God. And you are all right. You know, so, you know, and, and so on and so forth. You know, we covered a lot more. But now that's all I'm going to do on that review. I'm going to jump right into discretion. Now. I don't have too much to say on this one, but when we get to sound judgment, which is next week, <laughs> you know, whatever you do, you want to hear that one because, you know, it's really deep. But let me tell you something. I'm going to go back and just do, give you a quick overview of what this Pillars of Wisdom is all about. Just real quick. Before I did the Pillars of Wisdom, I did what I called you know, the seven attributes of divine wisdom.
wisdom. Because I was searching you up for this. So we cover that to make sure that we're not talking about just human wisdom. We're talking about divine wisdom. And then when we got to the attributes of wisdom, we started to talk about, you know, the pillars of wisdom. How many of you remember the illustration I gave about the pillars? I said like a house like this, you know, the pillars hold it up. Sometimes they are called load-bearing column or whatever they are called. And when you begin, and I said, when you begin to see cracks in your house, you know, in your home where you live right now, if you begin to see cracks on the wall, most of the time it's because something's wrong with the pillar. That the pillars are shifting, not setting just right, and then the cracks will start to be in the, in the building. You know, so, you know, and I said, look, there are many cracks. In many people's lives. Because the pillars are not set right. And these pillars that we're talking about here, you know, is what's going to help you set your house in order and eliminate those cracks. Can you say praise the Lord? Now, I don't want you to just say, oh, that was a wonderful teaching. Or, oh, that was a wonderful message. What good is that? You know, we want you to apply these things in your life. Amen. So that means you have to go back and listen to these things and apply them. All of these messages, not just mine, everyone that preaches here at the church, all of our messages are on our website. You know, you can always go back. I myself, I go back and listen, you know, because, you know, sometimes when you are speaking under inspiration, you know, I don't always write down all my messages. Sometimes I just speak under inspiration. So if you speak under inspiration, you yourself, you have to... Listen to it again, you know. So, um, you know, the all these pillars together are what gives strength. You know, some people, you know, some people call strength one of the pillars of of uh, wisdom. I don't. I call all the pillars together give strength. That's the strength that holds up the house. And those pillars were. How many of you remember what those pillars were? We're going to discretion today. We've already covered five. This is number six. We did what? The fear of the Lord. That's number one. The beginning of wisdom. We did prudence. Yeah? Anybody remember we did prudence? Did we do prudence? Did we do knowledge? What else did we do? Understanding. Well, did we do counsel? Okay. Counsel is actually one of my other favorite ones. <laughs> you know, I gave you some gems inside that counsel. You know how to use that counsel. You know, the land is yours. <laughs> you know, people will seek you out. Everybody else is losing their job. They'll keep you because you've got something. And I'm, I'm going to bring it also out in discretion. So today, let's talk about discretion. Discretion is a pillar of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 21. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3 verse 21. If you can help me out from the back, get the scriptures up very quickly. My son, let these my words which he has been talking about in the earlier verses. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep found wisdom and discretion. Now, you can see how he puts sound wisdom and discretion right next to each other here. Well, it's one of those pillars. You know, let me give you some definitions here. Some of them I picked up from dictionary. Some of them I wrote on my own. This is how I've taught this whole series. You know, I, I look up the dictionary. So I'm sure that I'm relevant, but I also put my own stuff <laughs> that the Holy Spirit gave me, put it all together. You know, so the quality of behaving, and sometimes when I take the definition out of the dictionary, I don't really like it. So I, you know, <laughs> wordsmith it a little bit. So wordsmithing. So sometimes I wordsmith it a little bit. You know, so the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way. So as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. That's one definition for discretion. Another definition is the ability, you know, this, this one I made it up on my own somehow. The ability to have divulge information about a situation or a person only on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> need-to-know basis. You know, those of us who work in technology and uh, information security and all of that, that's a primary premise and foundation for 
you know, information security has to be on a need to know basis. So I coined that one out of that. You know, you give information out on a need to know basis. If I'm talking to Sister Y, you know, I don't need to tell her about Sister X, but she doesn't need to know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still with me? That's discretion. Here's another definition of discretion. The quality of being cautious or reserved in speech or action. It goes along the same line. And uh, here's another one. You know, sometimes when you say discretion, people actually think about this next one. The freedom to decide or choose what should be done in a particular situation. People say, use your discretion, right? <laughs> use your discretion. So you have the freedom to choose. Well, if you don't choose right, it's going to come and bite you sometimes. You know, so, you know, have the, you may have the choice. And there's always a choice. Listen, folks. There's life full of choices. There's always a choice about everything we do. You had a choice this morning to come to church, fellowship with us, or stay at home. <laughs> you had a choice to come on time or be late. You know, you have a choice when you get to church to listen or pull around on your phone. I mean, everything is about choices. <laughs> you know, so a man or woman of discretion will know how to make the right choices. Amen. You know, because remember, it is the freedom to decide or to choose what to do about a particular thing or about a particular situation. So every situation has choices, you know. And sometimes it's not always binary choices, yes or no. It's not always that. It could be, but it's not always. Maybe so many choices. But there's always a choice. You should never say, I had no choice. There's no such thing. So, you know, people say, I had no choice. There's no such thing as I had no choice. You always have a choice. In the beginning, God gave Adam and Eve choices. You know, live forever by obeying my word. Eat this thing over here and you die. Choice. You know, so there's always choices. All right. Now, here's another one. Discretion is the ability to make, instead, instead of choice this time, I call it decisions. The ability to make responsible decisions. Because I want this message about discretion to cover many aspects. So I, you know, bring in decisions there as well. You know, a choice is also a decision. It's always a decision. I go this way, do I go this way? It's a decision. Do I do this or do I do it? It's a decision. So choices are also decisions. And decisions are also choices. Now, here's another definition of discretion. You can see I'm going through this very quickly. The quality of having or showing discernment or good judgment. <laughs> now, we're going to talk, next week we're going to be talking about sound judgment. You know, but discernment, the ability to show discernment or to exhibit discernment. You know, and, and, you know some, a lot of people have no discernment. You know, the Bible says you know, that as a you know, and we covered this when we did prudence. As a bird hastened to the snare and doesn't know that it's for his life, so does a fool hastens to his own destruction. So, you know, and the fool has no discretion. That's why it's called a fool. And they don't have prudence. That's why they cannot see the evil ahead. Prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. So many of these pillars are. They are interwoven, right? They're interwoven with one another, you know. Discretion is interwoven with prudence, you know, and so on and so forth. Even sound wisdom or sound judgment is interwoven with understanding. Counsel is also interwoven with understanding. You know, when we talked about counsel, we talked about counsel is deep in the heart of a man. But, you know, man of understanding will draw it out. We talked about no, nobody knows the, where counsel can be found. <laughs> but, you know, it comes from God. Talked about so many different things. You have to go back and listen to these things. All right. So, now that we have covered some of the general uh, definitions about discretion, let's make it real. So, I'm going to 
tell you a story from the Bible, and then we're going to make it real. Depression, you know, all of these pillars, the intent was not for me to come out here and show that I know how to speak on this thing. That doesn't mean anything. But the intent was that you pick something. Somebody said, well, why didn't you tell us this 15 years ago? I don't know, but I'm telling you now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hello? Yeah, so don't say, well, if I would have heard this 15 years ago, I wouldn't have made some of those decisions. Well, that was then, but this is now. Amen. So right now, you are hearing it. So run with it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Lord told Habakkuk, he said, look, write the vision and make it plain so that he that gets it can run with it. And that's why we're doing That's why I'm using great plainness of speech in this teaching. And I'm doing it more like a teaching rather than a preaching. And when I preach, I can take one verse of scripture and just preach about it and get people excited and so forth. Well, that's good. When we teach, we take time. Go through the scriptures and give you tons of scriptures. <laughs> you know, because that's teaching. That's for you to go back and check those scriptures out. That's the difference between a preaching and the teaching. It's not just in the intonation. Well, sometimes in the intonation are two. When we preach, we get excited, we raise our voice and so forth. But it's not about that. It's about, you know, when you teach, bring the scriptures. It's almost like a Bible study. Bring the scriptures. Let people see it from the scriptures so that your understanding is not based on the excellence or the prowess of the person speaking or their wonderful speech based on the word of God. You always have to go back to the word of God. You know, so now many people love good stories. I love good stories too, but I like to tell when I preach, I like to tell my stories from the Bible. You know, so preach or teach. So today I'm going to share with you one of my favorite characters in the Bible again, you know, and there are many things in his life. I talked about it him multiple times. And I'm on this platform and his name is Joseph. So today, we're going to read Genesis chapter 41, and I'm going to start at verse 39. You have to help me out there. Put up Genesis 41. I'm going to read verses 39 to 44. That's what I'm going to read. But before I read it, let me just give you the background to the story. As I said, I will tell a story. So I'm going to tell the story. Many people know this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So the story... You know, I'm not going to go through all that happened to Joseph to get him to this point. But I'm going to pick it up where when he was in prison with the baker and the butler, you know, and he said to them, he looked at their faces and said, why look you so sadly today? Why is your countenance falling today? <laughs> you know, now, I want to bring something out there. The care and concern that Joseph showed to those his prisoner companions is actually what led him to this. People don't think about that, you know, but that's what led him to this. Now, if Joseph would not have cared, you know, now remember, every day they were there, God gave him favor, and he was even in charge of the prison. And so they were maybe hanging out or whatever, you know. So, you know, but he paid attention. One day he saw that they were, Looking sad. But just sad. And he said, why do you look so sadly today? Why is your countenance falling today? It wasn't like this yesterday. Now, that's concern. How many of you say amen? Pay attention to your neighbor. You know? Now, that concern is what led him here. You may not have thought about it that way. But that care that he showed. Because when he interpreted the dreams, you know, one of them eventually, who got restored to his former role, you know, even though it took him more than two years to remember Joseph, he eventually remembered him. And if Joseph had not asked that first question initially, they would not have told him the dreams, and he would not have interpreted the dreams, and the man would not have been in a position to even recommend Joseph. Now, see the connection. Okay. That's the part of the story that led to this. But what, it, what happened here is that Pharaoh had some dreams that he couldn't figure out, you know, and called everybody, the usual people, interpreted the dream, they couldn't do it. 
So finally, this man remembered and said, oh, I remember my fault this day. Wow. And you see, this is the thing, you know, and I think I covered this when I talked about prudence. You know, I talked about managing relationships. You know, I, let's go listen to that prudence thing later. You know, people will use you, and when they advance, they will dump you. <laughs> you know, so this man, he dumped Joseph. But, you know, that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled. Amen. But the Lord already said that Joseph was going to rule over his brethren, and that word was going to come to pass. Come what may. Going to come to pass. You know, so in order for the word of God to be fulfilled, certain things have to happen. And so this thing happened. So finally, God brought it to the remembrance of this man. This guy that gave you prophecy and encouraged you and everything, and you just forgot all about him. You know, all that Joseph was asking for was, hey, put in a good word for me when you get back into business with the king. Because look, I'm here. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. They just this and this and this. You know, I was framed. In a good word for me. He didn't even think about it. But anyway, on this occasion, he said, wow. I now remember that I was a Jewish man. When I was in prison, he could interpret anything. Because two of us had a dream, you know, and he interpreted to us. And it happened to the other guy, like you said. It happened to me, like you said. So this man, I'm sure, King, he can interpret your dream. Okay, fine. Let's bring him. So that's the story. So when they brought Joseph, of course, you know, Pharaoh interrupted the dream. <laughs> the dream was, we had a dream twice. I mean, two, two dreams, but they were the same thing. Up and down and so forth. You know, the cattle, the, the fat cattle and the thin cattle. Seven on this side, seven on this side. Thin cattle swallowing up fat. The fat ears of corn and the lean ones. Same story and same thing. So when Joseph came upon the scene, he interpreted the dream. And when he interpreted the dream, in fact, let's go, let's go back to verse 37 for a little bit. Go to 37. So, after Joseph interpreted the dream, you know, he gave not only interpretation, and I covered this when I talked about counsel. So I said that, that's why I said that these things overlap. You know. It wasn't just his gift of knowing how to interpret the dream. That's not what actually promoted him. It was his ability to give wise counsel. That's what promoted him. You know, so I talked about that when we talked about counsel. But I want you to also, you know, check this out that it wasn't just counsel. It was also Discretion. Because Joseph said, let the king seek out a man that is discreet. That's what he said. But if you scroll up, I don't know which verse it is, maybe verse 35 or so. He says, let the king, you know, let him, let him look for a man that is discreet. Let them do this and so on and so forth. And so, finally, the thing sounded good in the ears of, I've already covered this council when I did council. So, but talking about discretion now. So, the king what he said, what Joseph said was that, look, here's what you are going to do. And I brought out a point also there that, look, you know, there's a hidden lesson. There's some salient lessons in there. Because Jesus was, I mean, Joseph was also t- telling people of how to save. People don't know how to save. And he, he, he showed them that you can save 20% of all of your increase over the next seven years. You know, take 20% of the fruit of the land. He called it one-fifth. Take 20% of the fruit of the land and build this, you know, things, you know, silos or whatever you call them, put them there and store it. Then eventually, in the years of famine, you have enough. So we covered that before. So let's pick it up at verse 37 here. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. Verse 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this? In whom the spirit of God is? Verse 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed you all this, there is none so discreet. Now, you see how they bring in discretion here. You might not have even thought about it. You know, Joseph said it himself. Find a man discreet. You know, because a man that knows how to make choices and do the right thing, you know, and know 
what to do. That's depression. You know, so Joseph knew what to do. The days of plenty, he knows how to divide the plenty, use some, keep some. You know, and this is a problem with most people. I talked about this also before. Many people, when they are in trouble financially, it's not because God hasn't helped them. It's because they had squandered what God already gave them. Every time that God gives you, I just a little digression. Every time God gives you more than you need at the moment, it is for you. You know, there's, there, there are two principles here. You know, God will take care of, you know, your bread basket and your storehouse. Your bread basket is what you need right now. Your storehouse can use provision to make provision for that. You know, so bread basket is right now. 20%, put it aside, make provision for the future was what Joseph recommended. You know, and a lot of people, when they get a new promotion or get a job increase or some money comes to their hand by some other means, next thing they do, go out on a shopping spree, buy up all the stores and everything like that. Okay, well, that may be all good, but when you begin to come into want later on, don't think that God hasn't helped you. You know, he has already helped you because he gave you more than you needed. It was for you to put some away for the rainy day. You know, but you didn't spend it all, and then you now begin to be in want. You know, so there's wisdom there. So anyway, where can we find a man so discreet and so wise? For as much as God has showed you all this, and you are being the one that is so discreet, you know, and he turned around and said... <laughs> Yeah, and this is amazing. I love this story. I mean, every time I read the story of Joseph, I, you know, I, I just love it. You know, I mean, he, he made a pronunciation here. In one day, there are other stories like that in the Bible. But in one day, this man came from in the, being in the slammer <laughs> to being, you know, vice regent over the whole land. How many of you can say praise the Lord? In one day, he was in prison. The next day, he was a ruler of the land. And listen to what, you know, Pharaoh said here. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all the people be ruled. <laughs> it's like Pharaoh saying, Joseph, you got this. <laughs> it just, you got this, you know. Only in the throne will I be great. It's only, I will just be figurehead. I'm just going to be figurehead. I sit on the throne, but you are the one in charge. Hallelujah. Whatever you say goes. And Pharaoh said, look, I have set thee today over all the laws of Joseph's discretion. I have set you today over all the land of Egypt. <laughs> you know, and Pharaoh even took off. Now, the king's ring, that's a power and symbol of authority. He took off his ring from his hand. They don't do that. Kings don't do that. Took off his ring from his hand and put it in the hand of Joseph. And he said, you know, put him, you know, vestures of linen, gold chain, and all these things. That's and he made a proclamation, put him in a second chariot, go all over the land of him, make a proclamation that everybody should bow the knee to Joseph. And I said to myself, hmm, where was Potiphar and Potiphar's wife? Hello? Potiphar and his wife had to bow the knee to Joseph. Hallelujah. You know, because the woman framed him. And the man, of course, took the woman's side. Through Joseph in prison. He didn't even care to investigate. You know, but finally, they all bowed the knee. You know. And the, where is the woman that called Joseph a rapist? Where is she now? She's bowing the knee to Joseph. Hallelujah. That's exactly right. And so Pharaoh finally made this book. I love this part. You know, it's one of my favorite parts in this story. He said, Look, you know, he said, I am Pharaoh. Do you know what that means? It's like when the Lord tells you, look, I have sworn by myself. I am the Lord. And then sometimes the Lord will tell us some things. It's as if we don't know. But he's trying to put emphasis on it. When he says those things that say, I am the Lord. When he gives you something and puts a signature there that says, I am the Lord. <laughs> That's like the oldest man was saying, say, I am Pharaoh. You know, and his law goes. <laughs> And what he has said it, he said, look, no man will lift up his hand or his foot in all of the land of Egypt. And it wasn't just Egypt, folks. <laughs> you know, eventually, the whole world, 
him to bow down to Joseph, including his brothers, you know, that tried to kill him, sell him into, they sold him into slavery, they did all of these things. And you, you should also go back and listen to the message I preached on destiny helpers. You know, those would-be destiny destroyers, actually God turned them around to be destiny helpers. Hallelujah. They didn't know that they were helping Joseph get to that destiny. They thought they were doing evil to him. But every evil they did to him moved him closer to his destiny. And they were actually destiny helpers. And God will, God will raise up destiny helpers in your life. It's not like it be your family. You know, they, were, they hated him. You know. And Reuben, I think, was the first destiny helper. I said, oh, don't let's kill him. What, what gain is that? Put him over here, you know, put him over here in the uh, pit, you know, and so forth. And then he was coming to, to rescue him later on. But before he got there, there was a band of Ishmaelites coming. And so I said, oh, yeah, 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 you know, you know. And then Judah, another destiny helper, said, oh, yeah, look, you know, why leave him here in the, in the uh, pit to rot in and die? Just, just sell him into the hands of these people. They take him to a foreign land. we we'll get rid of him anyway. We can go and tell our dad that he's dead. Well, unknowingly, he was a, also a destiny helper. How many of you say praise the Lord? Even Potiphar's wife have framed him. Ultimately, was a destiny helper. Because if, they, if she had not had done that, Joseph would not have gone to prison. He would not have met the baker and the butler. He would not have had the chance, you know, to use his gift and all of this, and so on and so on and so forth. You can add two and two together. You know, all of those negative things that happened to Joseph, even though they looked like they were trying to destroy his destiny, they were actually destiny helpers. Hallelujah. And God will turn your would-be destiny destroyers into destiny helpers. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Your would-be, would-be, as they want to be, your would-be destiny destroyers, God will turn them around and make them destiny helpers. Hallelujah. Whether they know it or not. You know, because that's the blessing that we have in Christ Jesus. So, a wonderful story, you know, but let me give you, I'm going to talk about some more benefits. I'm going to go now to benefits quickly. And then uh, the way I've been teaching this series, I give a, uh, some set of definitions. I give some scriptures. I talk about some things. Then I come back and talk about some benefits. Then I make a prayer at the end. So we're going to do the same thing. You know. Now, let's talk about where does discretion come from? Where? Well, let's read Isaiah 28 and verse 26. Isaiah 28 and verse 26. He said, for his God doth instruct him into discretion and doth teach him. So we see that discretion comes from the Lord. Just like what we read about understanding. You know, discretion comes from the Lord. Discretion is also a companion to knowledge. You also listen to the teaching about knowledge. Amazing stuff, you know, that comes from knowledge, you know. Now, how you can even, you know, it's a, you know, wisdom, what fills the house. But, you know, what fills the house with pleasant things and riches is knowledge. So if you don't have knowledge, you know, and it was the knowledge that Solomon had, knowledge that Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego had, that promoted them and made people look for them. You know, they came and looked for for uh, Solomon from everywhere because Solomon said, look, I gave myself to seek out all knowledge, all things that are done under the earth. And Nebuchadnezzar, you know, when he was doing his hiring, you know, gave instructions you know, for the qualifications that he wanted. He wanted people who were skilled in science, who were knowledgeable, and so on and so forth. We covered all these things before. You know, so, now, discretion is a companion to knowledge. Let's read that in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 4. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 4. He said, look, 
These words that I'm teaching you, they are to keep you from evil. They are to give you wisdom. They are to do all of these things. As well. They are also to give you, you know, subtlety, you know, to the simple. That means they, they are wise, have discretion, you know. To the young man, to give him knowledge and discretion. See how he puts knowledge and discretion together. So discretion is a companion to knowledge. We already covered knowledge extensively. Now, here is something. This one is a bit, I don't know, out in left field or whatever. But, you know, look, if you don't have discretion, it's, it's a bad thing. I mean, even if you are beautiful, pretty, handsome, and everything like that, and you don't have discretion, it's a bad thing. So listen to this one. <laughs> you know, Proverbs 11 and verse 22. And this is not against the women or anything, but it's in the scriptures, so I'm just going to read it like it. You know, but he said, look, even if for a beautiful woman, yeah, he's comparing, he said, look, a beautiful woman without discretion, and I, I dare say a handsome man or anybody else too, uh, without discretion, it's like putting a jewel of gold you know, in the nose of a pig. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's why I say it's way out in the left field. But it's in the scriptures. You know, that tells you how serious this subject of discretion is. You can have all the beauty, you can have everything else, but if you have no discretion, Look at what it's comparing it to. So let's take note of that. Let's look at some of the benefits, some more benefits of discretion. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. It preserves you from evil. It's also a companion of understanding. (laughs) They all go together. Discretion shall preserve you. Hallelujah. And understanding will keep you. Why does uh, discretion preserve you? Because we've already defined discretion as the thing that gives you capacity to make the right decision. The capacity to see that this this thing is not going to work, go this way. That's discretion. You know, so. Now, it will keep you from evil. It's to deliver you from the way of the evil man. You know, and the man that speaketh forward things. You know, so this is also discernment. Why I brought on discernment later. This that he's talking about here is actually discernment. Because you are able to discern the evil intention of the person that is speaking with smooth words. (laughs) You know, speaking smooth words to you, but in their heart, there is evil intention. You know, discretion will help you to deliver you and it will deliver you from that. Amen. Listen to verses 15 and 16 of this same Proverbs chapter 2. You know, for you young men or any man for that matter, for that matter, young or old, discretion, you know, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Ways are crooked. Verse 16, put up verse 16. What am I looking for? Okay, this is one I'm looking for. To deliver you from the strange woman. Or even the strange man, too. You know, young people who are trying to get married and so forth like that. <laughs> Discretion, and I cover this when I talk about prudence as well. Choices you must make. Discretion will guide you. Don't let anybody fool you and say, well, I will change. <laughs> they will not change. They should change now. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, so don't let anybody tell you that. Oh, I will change. I've heard stories, you know, the inspiration of the Almighty was telling them inside their spirit, I don't go in that direction, it's not going to work. They say, oh yeah, he will change. They don't listen to it, you know. And then finally, he did not change. And when, once, they, once they get her right where he wants her, then his true colors come out, you know. So, you know, be careful now. You know, this is a, an incredible decision that you Make for yourself. Who are you going to marry? Important. Pressure will keep you from the strange woman. And even, you know, also from fornication. This is also, inside here is fornication. Inside here is adultery. See? A man of no discretion is the one that goes into his neighbor's wife. What the scripture says. 
All right, let's go through here quickly. You know, now, discretion will give you, you know, keep you from streaming. I already read that. But there's another verse around the same thing. So let me quickly read Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5, I want to read verses 2 to 5. He said, look, I'm telling you all these words so that you may regard discretion and that your lips may keep knowledge. Again, I told you that discretion is a companion of knowledge. But the lips of a strange woman, and it goes on and on and on like that. You know, it's like a honeycomb. Her mouth is smoother than oil. You know, verse 4. Her end is like bitter wormwood, sharp like a two-edged sword. What's going to happen? Her feet go down to death. Let's take hold on hell. This is, this is for the man that is lacking discretion and goes after a strange woman. But discretion will keep you from all that. So, say, look, my son, listen to all these things. Don't go down in that direction. Discretion will bring life to your souls. Listen to this. Very deep. Life to your souls and grace to your neck. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's read verses 21 and 22. My son. Always addressing his son. You know, let not these my words depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Again, you see that discretion and sound wisdom, they're partnered together here. So shall they be life unto thy soul. Wow. And grace to thy neck. Hallelujah. Are you still with me, folks? It's very silent in here. Hallelujah, if you are still with me. Praise the Lord. You know, that's how you wake up Pentecostal folks. You say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's try that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. We should do that more often. When you are falling asleep, say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll tell you a story. My uh, grandson, I think he was promised when we were, he was little, and we were in one of those older buildings. Well, my wife will remember this. He would be in his uh, little thing, right? Uh, what do you call that baby thing they carry? And they put him there, and he'll be sleeping. And when the church say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, he would just go up like this, hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> that, was, that thing was always funny to me. I remembered it all the time. I said, well, you know, God's hand is upon you already. Hallelujah. He's going to be a great man of God. That's right. Because even when he was sleeping, <laughs> there was inspiration of the Almighty inside his spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it was just a baby in the, in the thing, you know, that thing they carry. You know, they take it from the car seat and then they carry that one and bring it in. And it's sitting there by us. And then he'll be sleeping. And then when we get to the point of praise the Lord, it's like, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, I thought you might uh, find that funny. Anyway, description will also keep you in the way and keep you from making the wrong turn. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 23, just the next verse. He said, look, when you walk in the way, you walk safely, and your foot shall not stumble. Stumble really means here, you know, that you take the wrong turn. You know, so discretion will keep you from that. And you will not make, you will not go in a direction that you will regret. That's also stumbling. Regret. You know, so discretion will keep you from that. Listen to this. Discretion will also help you to depart from anger and an angry spirit. Well, remember, we said at the beginning that discretion has to do with decisions, choices. You have a choice. You cannot control what people are going to say or do to you, listen to me carefully, but you most certainly can control your own response. That's all you can control. There's nothing, you, there's no way you can prevent what somebody else is going to say to you or do to you. You can't do that. However, the responsibility lies on you on how you are going to respond. So, 
Let's take a look at this. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 11. Proverbs 19 and verse 11. Now, you can choose to flare up because somebody did something. Or you can choose, you know, to chill out. <laughs> you know, but the discretion of a man will help him to defer his anger. And somebody say, praise the Lord. You know, yeah. And it's your glory to just overlook some things. You know, it's not everything that you have to engage with. You have to pick your fights. I talked about this, you know, also when we were saying, you know, with wise counsel, make war. You know, we talked about that then. You have to, you know, life is full of battles. You have to pick your battles, you know. But here he's talking about discretion. Discretion will guide you to say, look, I don't need to engage in that right now. <laughs> You know, it's full of decisions, full of choices. With discretion, you will, you know, you will even begin to speak less. Just speak less, you know. You don't have to engage in everything. Hold, hold your peace. Hallelujah. Amen. It will also help you to defer your anger. You know, it's your glory sometimes to pass over a transgression. You know, hey, you know, extend grace. Hallelujah. We have received grace. You also to extend grace. Amen. You know, discretion is what teaches you to do that. Now, let's look at Psalm 112, verse 5. I'm coming to the end of this. Like I said, discretion will be short. You know, Psalm 112, verse 5. A good man showeth favor. What I'm bringing out of his here is discretion will help you to guide your affairs. That's what I'm bringing out of this verse. A good man showeth favor and lendeth, and he will guide his affairs with discretion. Well, you guide your affairs with discretion. What do, what do we mean by affairs? Well, it means that it's everything that concerns you. Whatever you're doing, whether you are married, whether you're a student, whether you are in business, whether you are working for yourself or working for somebody else, all the things, your interrelationships with others, it's all your affairs. You know, so discretion will get, help you to guide them correctly. Also remember what we said, you know, I've come to the end of this, but I want to say a few other things, bring out some of the things I said before about discretion. The ability, the capacity for somebody, you know, to withhold information and only give out what is relevant or what is needed to know, a need to know basis. Many people are lacking this discretion, you know. And many people engage in gossip and all kinds of things just because they have no discretion. You know, when you begin to talk about somebody, you know, to somebody else that doesn't concern them, you have no discretion at all, you know. And uh, God forbid that a, a church leader, you know, will not have discretion and then put their affairs of somebody that has confided in them out in, on the street. You know, that's, a pro, that's a big problem. Now, and you yourself, you know, if you don't use discretion, you know, if somebody confides in you, you know, it'll be out in the street. And for those people who don't have discretion, you know, I, I, made, I, made, I made a joke about this. I think it was when we were talking about prudence or something. You know, if you want the whole city to hear it, Go tell this one particular person and tell them not to say anything. Well, the whole city will hear it anyway. You know, because that's who they are. They just blah, 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 all over the place. You know, they don't even know how to use discretion. You know, discretion says that you keep a matter private if it was intended to be private. Amen. You know, and don't put their you know, business out on the street. You know, discretion will also show you, you know, teach you, you know, how to curtail information, you know, that is not necessary. Now, there is also transparency, so I understand that. But you're not being transparent. Transparency is about yourself and a situation for which you are responsible. That's transparency. But, you know, you're not being transparent when you're talking about somebody else to another person that doesn't concern them. You know, but discretion will keep you 
from doing the wrong thing in those situations. Now, many people need to pray that prayer. You know, don't ramble on and be divulging information that you shouldn't. Not of any concern to the other person. You know, so, you know, the, uh, a tail bearer needs <laughs> discretion. If they use discretion, they will stop being a tail bearer. But I say, scripture, I don't have it marked down now, but it says that, look, how do you curtail tail bearing? Well, you frown when they come to you. <laughs> you don't give them a good countenance. You know, don't, invo- don't indulge yourself in tail bearing, you know. Give them a stern and firm countenance. Shut them up. You know, we don't want any of that. And that's the only thing, good, the only thing that you should be sharing is good information and good news. Amen. You know, you shouldn't be sharing somebody else's, uh, you know, problems or whatever. Remember, you know, that uh, by grace you yourself stand. Amen. We all stand by grace. But Galatians 6 and 1 says, look, if any man thinks that, uh, I mean, if you see somebody that is in error, how should you correct it? Well, do it with love, but also be careful because you yourself, you're only standing by grace. You know, and uh, before you know it, you know, if you're not careful, you yourself might let him that think he stands, take heed, lest he fall. So here's what we are going to do now that we have come to the end of discretion. We are going to pray. And we are going to pray and say, Lord, I need this pillar of wisdom that is called discretion. I need discretion to handle my affairs. Now, some of you may not think about that, but it also, handling your affairs with discretion also means you don't need to put your affairs before everybody. Amen? The Bible even says that, look, don't throw your pearls before swine. You know, and don't give holy things to dogs. So you have to know, you have to use discretion. It's not everybody. And listen, let me say it to you this way. And I think I covered this when I was talking about prudence. And I'll say it to you this way, in case you didn't hear that teaching. It's not everybody that has your good at heart. It's not everybody. They may smile at you, but they don't care about you, really. Discretion is what's going to help you to guide your affairs. You, know, you put your affairs out to everybody, they don't care. They really don't care. You know? And then, as a matter of fact, you know, if, if all it was that they didn't care, that may also, you know, that may be, may be acceptable. Not really. But they go even go around and stab you even more. When you are wounded, they will find in the wound. <laughs> you know, so don't put your affairs out. Let me talk to people who are in business. Some people are in business, but they don't use discretion. If you don't use discretion, look. When I was covering knowledge, I talked about this. I said knowledge is what gives you an advantage over others. Go and listen to that. You know, the, the knowledge you have that others don't have is what gives you an advantage. But if you put that out in front of everybody, if you're starting a business and you begin to tell everybody, you know, how that business goes and so forth, the next thing you know, everybody is copying your business. And then they become your competitors. Can you say praise the Lord? <laughs> Look. Use your discretion, you know. And when things are going well for you, don't, don't you know, look. Sometimes people, people, you know, this should not be in the house of God, but unfortunately, it is. It's not everybody that rejoices at your testimony. Hello? <laughs> you say, well, you are spreading conspiracy theories. No, I'm just calling it like it is. Not everybody rejoices at your testimonies. Some people are just envious. <laughs> you know. So be careful now. Now as a young man, my wife, my, my dad had this proverb, it's a Yoruba proverb. Most people know it. That look, when you are eating yam, and that yam is very luscious and white and everything, cover it with your hand. <laughs> cover it with your hand, oh. <laughs> so, you know, that means. Guide your affairs with discretion. Don't think that everybody has your good at heart. They don't. Choose your friends wisely. 
That's guiding your affairs with discretion. If you are in business, it's not everybody that you should also bring to be a business partner. It's not everybody you should look. You know, when I went into consulting, one of the first things I learned many years ago when I was doing IT consulting, I picked up a book that said, you know, consultant, you know, the secrets of consulting. You know, and I was trying to figure out, guess what I was trying to figure out? I was trying to figure out how I can do less and earn more. <laughs> you know, that was all I was trying to figure out as a consultant, you know, because, well, I can be working all these hours and earning this money. But, you know, I, I was, you know, I was trying to put in a lot of hours and make more money because you pay, they pay you by the hour. So I finally started to learn, how can I actually do less and earn more? So I picked up this book, Secrets of Consulting, and I'm reading it. And the man told a story. And that thing actually changed my life. I'm going to tell it to you today. Not my story, it was somebody else's story. So he went to a place where he had a problem. I'm just paraphrasing it. There was a, you know, a problem to solve. You know, they bring in consultants to solve this problem. You know, sometimes in the Bible, we call them counselors. In, in our contemporary life, we call them consultants. So they bring them in. So they brought this man in. You know, and uh, he just, you know, they had this complicated uh, issue, you know, on the, on the thing. So he went there and just, he spent like a minute or two. He drew something and put an X. And he said, solve. And then he said, and then he would charge them for like that one minute. We're going to charge them for like $10,000. I said, why? You just we're just here for a minute. <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> you know, I'm charging you $10,000, not for the minute, but for me to know where to put the X. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's right. And I said, oh, my goodness. And I, that, that helped me. That's part of knowledge also. Remember I told you last time, use knowledge to improve yourself. With that knowledge, I actually started doing that thing when I was doing consulting. I would go into a place. I say, I know where to put the X. I said, that's why I'm a consultant. I said, look, you brought me here to know where to put the eggs. You know, now, you don't have the answer. I may not have the answer, but I all will get the answer. Oh, well, of course, I didn't tell them I didn't have the answer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's why you're a consultant. I never told them I don't have the answer. <laughs> you know, I just told them, I know where to put the eggs. They said, what is he talking about? I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> and I, you know, collect the money and smile all the way to the bank. Amen. You know, I tell you. And I started to learn how to know where to put the X. Right. So, that was a digression, and that can help some of you. And I tell you what, it is now time for us to pray. So, let's stand up and pray. I wanted to throw some things in to get you to laugh and so on. I think I achieved that. All right. But let's pray. Don't forget that we are talking about the pillars of wisdom. We, this is pillar number six. And by the grace of God, next we will cover pillar number seven. After that, I'm going to come back and do a summary, a quick summary, bring out all the punchlines and the uh, you know, major points of each one of those pillars that we have been covering for many, many months now, just because I staggered the preaching. I've not been preaching every week. We have a lot of uh, talented preachers and ministers here in the church. So we space it out so you can hear from others and we can learn from others as well. You know, this should have only taken like seven weeks, but it has taken many months because, for instance, the last time I spoke on this was like five or six weeks ago, you know, so... But at the end, I'm going to come and bring it all together in case, you know, memory, you know, is weak. But today is discretion. It's still fresh. So let's pray. Here's what you are going to pray. Lord, give me this pillar of wisdom, discretion in my life, so that it will help me to order my affairs aright. Amen. You know, and it can also bring you promotion. Remember, discretion was what Perio called it. Say, wow. Where are we going to find a man so discreet? You know, and brought him promotion. 
So let's pray. I want you to go to the Lord in prayer for yourself. I'm not going to pray for you. Your prayer. You pray it for yourself. If you want it, pray for it. God will give it to you. Remember, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, this is a part of wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give to you. And from him, there is no variableness or shadow of turning. Variableness means up and down. You know, shadow of turning, it means mood swings. God has no mood swings. His word is yea, and his word is amen. All the promises of God are yea in Christ and in him. Amen. So let's pray together. Take a few minutes just to pray. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word that we have heard today. I pray, Lord, that everyone has engaged the Lord in the spirit. And that with this word, have armed ourselves with even more knowledge concerning how to conduct our affairs with discretion. Remember, read in the book of um, Isaiah that knowledge comes from Isaiah 28 and verse 26, that uh, discretion, rather, comes from God. So pray that God will give you the spirit of discretion. It's also called the spirit of discernment, you know. So you can discern, you know, when to say something and not to say something, and who to tell something and who not to tell, even in your business. You need that. So, Father, we thank you, and we give you all the praise, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Now, I'm going to pray one more prayer before we close this segment. Father, I pray, Lord, that all these pillars up to now that we have learned about, that we will begin to experience as we seek you, as we seek the fear of the Lord, as we seek prudence in our lives, Lord, as we speak, uh, seek counsel, as we seek understanding as we speak, all these pillars that we have been talking about, Lord, even today, discretion, to we'll begin to experience mighty things in our lives, to strengthen these pillars and to fix the cracks. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.